My name is Matthew Wayne Selznick, and this is Sonatotum, episode 21. It's Monday, August 31st, and I'm sitting in a park, what they call Central Park in Huntington Beach, California. A couple of ladies in the background talking to each other, so you'll probably be able to hear them, as well as children and assorted noise. Yeah, it's been uh, a couple of weeks, I guess, since my last episode. Oh, here comes an airplane. That's always fun. The reason it's been a few weeks is is because uh, I've been doing these when I was driving back and forth, emptying out my late mother's storage bin. And uh, I finished that last week, last Wednesday. Sort of a cosmic appropriateness that was a year to the day since the last time I saw her alive. She died uh, on the 28th of August, 2019. And it was the 26th when I went down last week to do the final part of the storage unit. Normally, like I said, I've been doing, I did the last two episodes sitting in my car, basically, (laughs) or in a small park or whatever, because I'd been out on the road and had the solitude and the block of time to do the show. And I I was just kind of exhausted last Wednesday coming back. And um, I keep meaning to, to find the space to do an episode. And it's, it's been, it's been difficult. I haven't been able to get out of the house and, and I just, I don't, uh, I don't feel like I have the creative space or freedom or solitude or silence <laughs> uh, where I live to be able to do the show. It's been kind of too hot to sit in my car somewhere and record an episode. So, yeah, there you go. Um, right now, though, it's, it's uh, I don't know, it's what, it's about... 11, no, it's 10 to 11, Monday morning, the 31st of August, 2020. It's kind of overcast. There's a little bit of a breeze. So it's, it's pleasant enough. I don't have much of a, of, of an agenda this episode. I'm really just checking in. I don't have a topic for you. I don't think this is a guilt episode. I feel like I'm supposed to be doing these podcasts now. Just the worst possible reason to do a podcast. Uh, (laughs) And it's the reason that I usually stop. I I don't like to be, feel like I'm, I'm doing something out of obligation. So honestly, one of the reasons I am showing up today is because I got a very nice voicemail, uh, after I did the last episode, the episode about the dreams I've been having, uh, from Harold Johnson, who is a longtime listener, faithful, steadfast listener, always shows up no matter how long it's been since the last time I did an episode. 
Uh, and, and he sent me this voicemail and, and I'm not going to have it in the episode because he asked that it only be for my ears, but it was, it was very kind. And in it, he said that Sonatotem was either the most or one of the most candid podcasts that he had ever listened to or that he does listen to. And I really, you know, I appreciate that. This is the official purpose behind this show is to share what I'm doing creatively as a sort of an experienced beginner and trying to stay sane and healthy in the process, building a successful creative life. But as you know, dear listener, it's also a place where I can simply talk to you and talk about some of the things that maybe I can't talk about with my immediate cohort, things about creativity, and the, the struggles that can go along with that. So it was nice to hear that, that that's appreciated by Harold, and it's especially nice because Harold had a podcast in the early days of podcasting called Something That Happened. And it was the most <laughs> candid and transparent podcast that I've ever heard, at least on a consistent basis. And um, his show was an example of what this can be. The term audio diary or whatever has come up, and, and or audio journaling. And uh, that is more what Sonatotem is becoming. So because one of the guys who, who really inspired me as, as to, you know, how personal these things can be, since he took the time to, to acknowledge that I'm sort of kind of back and sort of kind of doing it again, I feel like I, I, I owe it at least to Harold. So what is up creatively for me in the very first episode when I came back, you know, the most recent return <laughs> to Sonatotem. What was that, episode 18? I mentioned that I had been experimenting with Amazon ads because I had a little bit of, of extra money that I could throw at that. And, um, man, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm getting a little nervous about how much money I've thrown at it so far. The return, I'm running ads for Brave Men Run, my first novel that also has, you know, four other titles that people can read in that story world after they read Brave Men Run. So I've been running ads, one ad on that, and I've been running ads on Light of the Outsider, my latest novel, just to, uh, to see if maybe uh, something can be done with a single standalone book as well. And for sure, the ads I've been running for Brave Men Run, the ad I've been running for Brave Men Run, has brought more page reads and more sales, especially page reads. And it's had a halo effect where people are reading stuff that I'm not advertising. So that's, that's great. It's not doing it at the scale where I'm making more than I'm spending on the ads. 
And that is especially true with uh, Light of the Outsider. Probably gonna, gonna kill the ads for Light of the Outsider after this week. She's maybe after today since the last day of the month, and that could be a clean break reporting wise. And I've managed to get the cost per click down in the 50 cent range on everything, which is good. It had been more than a dollar. I just, that's crazy, right? So, uh, and I've been doing that by realizing, and this is what other people have said, so take heed about this. When you do Amazon ads, Amazon gives you a suggested bid and the low and the high, you know, for your bid, for, for your ad to perform and to appear. And from what everyone says, who've been, people who've been doing this longer than I have, and by all means more successfully than I have, folks say that those suggested bids are bullshit. They're not tuned for books. They're, uh, they're based more on product advertising, you know, widgets and tools and household goods and whatnot, everything else that Amazon sells, and that they can pretty much be ignored. And you just have to kind of look and see what's getting results for you. So I've been consistently and persistently lowering my bids until I'm bidding like 10, 12, 15, 20 cents instead of a dollar, a dollar fifty. And consequently also reducing the amount of money per day that I'm budgeting. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to keep that going probably for a little while, but only on Brave Men Run. As far as Light of the Outsider, let's just, uh, let's, you know, one of the advice, the advice that I give one of my clients who has one book and it's the first book in a trilogy is best thing he can do is write the next thing. Now, his book is not a standalone novel. It ends very much unresolved and requires the next two volumes to complete. And those next two volumes aren't out yet. So his sales for his first book are not awesome. Sales for Light of the Outsider, eh, they're okay. I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not making a whole lot of money and it's not being seen by a lot of people. And I'm certainly not making more than I'm spending on ads. And Light of the Outsider is a standalone book. Uh, it has a, an end. When you get to the end, it's the end. Granted, the characters' lives go on, uh, some of them, <laughs> and they all have, and then the next day this happened, but, but you don't need the next day this happened to have enjoyed Light of the Outsider and to feel a sense of closure, I think. That said, it is the first book in a three-book trilogy and a six-book cycle. Now, the next book, Shadow of the Outsider, takes place, I don't know, 17, 18, 19 years, almost 20 years after Light of the Outsider. So, it is... I don't know. It's like, I guess you could call it a, a, look, it's not like a serial where each book is a new chapter right after the last one. You know, uh, it's, 
it's a three novel arc of a larger story. And it's, it's a three novel arc in a six novel arc. So yeah, I need to write Shadow of the Outsider. And, uh, maybe when Shadow of the Outsider is out and War of the Outsider, the third book, then I can think about advertising again for that particular title. In the meantime, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I've just decided here with you, you guys, that I'm going to turn off the ads for Light of the Outsider today. This will be the last day. And put my tiny little budget all the way back into Brave Men Run and see how that goes. I sure hope that wind isn't, isn't too crazy. The wind has increased quite a bit. So you may be hearing a little bit of that. I don't know. So as far as writing, uh, speaking of the Shaper's world and all of that, I think I mentioned in a previous episode that I've, I've pretty much got the, the idea for the new novella that I want to write that does pick up what happens with some of the characters in Light of the Outsider. Light of the Outsider takes place almost entirely in a city, in one little corner <laughs> of a continent that is about somewhere between the size of Africa and South America. And um, the novella is set far from there. And Shadow of the Outsider will be set all over the place. So I'm taking some time to flesh out the geography and the geology and the cartography of Cabrith, which is the continent of the Shaper's world, Gundify, where the action takes place. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking some time to work out the, the lay of the land, literally, and to think about the countries and territories and, uh, and whatnot, trade routes and things like that, because it's going to matter. It didn't matter so much when we were in one city and the climate could be sort of in, uh, implied. And there are some very subtle hints in light of the outsider that let you know that certain things about, um, Anakintag, the, the city where it takes place, but it's just one corner of this, of this continent, one corner of the world. And, and things are not uniform all over the place, right? Just like the real world. So I'm taking some time to figure that all out, working in Photoshop and a few other apps to build up my map, work out the wind currents and the ocean currents. And because those things determine climate, basically, especially in coastal regions. And, uh, playing with all of that. It can be a sinkhole and a rabbit hole both. Uh, <laughs> if, if, if I let it, and I have let it in the past, world building in general can be a dangerous, dangerous thing that keeps you from ever actually doing any writing. Uh, so I'm being careful to not go too deep, but there are certain things that just need to be done. So I've been focusing on that. 
but I'm also feeling kind of the press of time. You know, it's, it's September tomorrow. And, uh, you know, I would really like to have Shadow of the Outsider out by around this time next year. Which means I need to give myself a good chunk of time. It means it's basically almost time to start writing, start working on the next novel. Which means if you back things up, and I'm, I, I do that, I, I look at my goals and then I start to back up and back up and back up and back up and try to figure out what I need to do to get to each step. And if I'm going to start working on Shadow of the Outsider very, very soon, then I need to get this novella going. So I'm trying really hard to carve out some time every day to work on this world building stuff that needs to be done so that the novella and the subsequent novels all have a kind of internal consistency. And that's where things are creatively. I'm also, I feel bad about this. I'm still going through and editing the audiobook. My headphones broke. <laughs> Finally, after God knows how many years, they shorted out. So I got a new nice pair of Audio-Technica over-the-ear headphones uh, that arrived on Thursday, last Thursday. And uh, after I'm done with this lovely bit of solitude and peace that is recording this podcast, I'll go back to my home office and most of the day is going to be spent audio editing. So I, I'm making progress on the audiobook. I feel bad because people have paid for it and they haven't complained. <sighs> Things just aren't going as quickly or as smoothly as I would like. And that's deeply, deeply frustrating to me because it's, it's stuff that's out of my control. And uh, it gets me down. My ideal sort of working environment or, or, or the way that I like to work is um, kind of a, a, a focus punctuated by a little meandering. For example, I might work on a client project for 20, 30, 40 minutes, an hour, and then at a particular point in that, a reasonable point of, of, of stopping, or even when I just begin to feel my focus begin to drift, I'll let it drift. I'll go ahead and let it drift. I'll stop the clock on the client project and check email or something, or spend 15 minutes researching something, or get up and take a walk around the block, or whatever, you know, and then get back and, and work. And I might work from 9 or 10 in the morning until 1 or 2 in the afternoon, take a quick break for lunch, maybe watch a thing, catch up on a show or something for an hour while I eat, and then go back to it and work. And by work, I mean go back and forth between client work and my own personal projects until, I don't know, 7, 8 o'clock, and then have uh, another 
dinner, like a dinner break. But the point is, is it, it's, it's structured, but it's, it's structured around me. And that only really works when you live alone. And I do not live alone. So I've tried to, uh, kind of create more consistent sort of office hours, working hours, 10 to 7 or 9 to 6 or 6.30. And it just doesn't work. It doesn't work because of interruptions. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's one thing when you break your own focus or you give your own focus a break. It's another thing when someone else causes your focus to break at a point where you were not ready for it to break. Pro tip for those of you who live with people who work from home. If you say, do you have a second to the person who's working? You have forced them to now have a second. You've taken them out of their head. You've taken them out of their work. You've taken them out of their focus. And yeah, you just got yourself a second. It's like asking somebody, hey, are you awake? <laughs> when you know they're sleeping. And then you wake them up by saying, hey, are you awake? So I don't live in an environment where I have true uninterrupted flow. And not being able to just go to a freaking coffee house or something because of the pandemic exacerbates this because I could at least, you know, get out of the house and have, have Wi-Fi and have electricity. Uh, I come to this park, which is all right. I can use the tethering feature on my phone and my laptop battery lasts maybe three hours, depending on what I'm doing. So that's something. It, it's the primary concern and, and issue and difficulty of my life right now, which I guess, blah, 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 I don't have it so bad. I'm well aware of my privilege. I'm sitting in a beautiful park in one of the uh, most sought-after parts of Southern California in terms of where people like to live. I personally hate it here, <laughs> but uh, I recognize, you know, people have it worse. I acknowledge that people have it worse. That doesn't change that what I've got is not what I want. Is this episode just going to be me ranting? I hope not. But it has been so far. And if the point of the show is to let you know where I'm at, well, then I think I've done that. Look, here's, here's a piece of business. An actual sort of semi-important thing in terms of creativity and focus and all that, it actually fits in. Look, I'm going to make it work. I'm going to make it, uh, <laughs> I'm going to bring it home for you kids. Um, so, uh, not long ago, a week or so ago, my friend JC Hutchins, you should look him up online. Uh, you should buy everything he's ever written. He's awesome. He mentioned on Facebook, a little while ago that he was, he was thinking about dropping Facebook again, finding some other way to keep in touch with people. And it made me think that, yeah, man, you know, I would really love to not be on Facebook. It's a distraction. It's depressing. It leads to, uh, I'm sorry, hold on a second. 
These people have fucking created a bunch of squirrel traps. What the fuck are they doing? I'm looking over here and they've, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven kids and a dad. And they've created stick traps near the bushes where they know the squirrels are. You know, like laundry bins with sticks attached to them and strings attached to the sticks. I'm assuming so that they can catch squirrels. Which is so not cool. What the hell? What is the fucking... I need to see what they're going to fucking do about this. Why are they planning... Well, here you go, folks. Here's, here's, here's an example of why I fucking hate living in Huntington Beach. What, what possible reason could you have to go into a park with your children or a bunch of children? Maybe they're all kids. I don't know. To set up traps for wild animals when there's signs all over the place saying leave the fucking squirrels alone I am gobsmacked by this if they fucking catch a squirrel you know what I'm going to be doing today I'm going to be getting into a fight rescuing a fucking squirrel that's awesome that's great let's just hope the squirrels are too smart for these assholes who knows? Maybe the dad knows there's no chance in hell that the squirrels are being caught. The little girls are certainly causing enough of a distraction that uh, the squirrels aren't going to come anywhere near. I should just like walk through the whole thing. Just disrupt the fuck out of the squirrels. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to keep an eye on this. In the meantime, I can't believe I'm watching this. I just can't fucking believe I'm watching this. All right, so anyway, J.C. Hutchins said he wanted to leave Facebook. I want to leave Facebook. I can't leave Facebook. Most of my new business and my referral business for my day job as a creative services provider has come through Facebook groups. So I need to be on Facebook for groups. I need to be on Facebook for work but I'm really tired of the distraction and the, the sort of, I'll, I'll look up some articles that explain how social media and Facebook in particular exacerbate depression and anxiety, uh, especially as we are what 65 days away from the election, something like that in the United States. So here's what I did. I can't leave. So I unfollowed 
everybody on my friends list. I didn't unfriend them. I unfollowed them, which means I no longer see their activity when I bring up Facebook. They're still out there. I can message them. They can message me. Uh, I can go directly to their pages if I want to and see what's up in their lives, what they've shared. And they can do the same with me. But I'm, I no longer have to see people's political posts. I no longer have to be tempted to make my own political posts or to comment on people's political posts. I no longer have to get sucked into, you know, cute videos or interesting videos or, you know, videos about movies or whatever. The whole distraction factor of Facebook has been eliminated. Facebook is now somewhere I go to check in on things related to directly relevant to my professional and creative interests. As for my friends, well, I've got Facebook set up so that people at a certain level of friendship, they see, they, they can see my mailing address. They can see my cell phone number. So folks can reach out to me if they would like to. So I'm not sure what just happened, but one of the kids upended his little laundry basket trap. Maybe they're giving up. Maybe they ought to give up. Time to go home, fuckers. Yeah, maybe they're done. Oh, nope, they're just moving further in. This is fucking ridiculous. I can't believe I'm watching this. So what do I do? Do I make it a bad day for these children? Do I go over there and, and, and talk to the dad? By the way, all these people are unmasked. Do I go over there and talk to the dad and ask him, hey, what you doing with the squirrels? And ruin their fun for the for the kids or what I can't believe they're trying to I'm sorry this is, I'm not going to waste your time with this anymore anyway so that's what I've done with Facebook I'm only on it for work and if you're a friend of mine on Facebook I, I I'm not seeing whatever's up in your life and you'll notice that I am posting a great deal less. I'm really trying not to post at all. There's not much reason to. And if you want to get in touch with me, you know how. There are ways. Folks, watching this bullshit happen with these animals over here, granted nothing has happened, and I hope that these squirrel torturers are less intelligent and less successful than the squirrels themselves, Watching what's happening over there, it's just really, it's so fucking typical of this place. The sense of entitlement. This is the real entitlement. People who think they can just do what they want because of 
I don't know what lack of, of consideration, uh, a, a sense that this park and the animals in it are, are entertainment. I don't fucking know. Oh. Let's, let's try an experiment. So between September 1st and September 5th, drop me a line at matt at mattselznick.com or leave a comment on this episode, episode 21, in the show notes. Or if you're on the mailing list getting, getting notices of when the new episodes come out, just reply to that email. And let me know. <laughs> Rather than me getting on the microphone and having this devolve into a frustrated rant, like this episode, let me know what you'd like me to talk about. What can I teach you? What can I share? Ask me anything. There we go. That's what they call those, right? It's an ask me anything. Let's have episode 22 be an ask me anything. And I'll, I'll, I'll put this out there in all my other channels as well. So we'll make episode 22 and ask me anything. Uh, in my experience, these, these calls to action don't usually work because my audience for this podcast is just too small. Nobody's fault but mine. Let's try it, though. Why not? Maybe it'll give some form and direction and function to the next episode so that you don't spend a half hour to 45 minutes or so just listening to me complain about how uh, dissatisfying my <laughs> privileged... <laughs> coastal Orange County, Southern California life is. <laughs> All right. Yada, yada, yada. Review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever else, Spotify, wherever else you get your podcasts, blah, blah, blah. Feedback, Matt at mattselznick.com for email. Or you can record a voicemail on your phone, voice record, leave a thing on your phone and email it to me. God, I... Uh. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> My name is Matthew Wayne Selznick. Take care. <laughs>